He learned to pitch in your backyard. Now his team's coming over to celebrate their high school championship. So you need to patch those bare spots fast. Pennington One Step Complete has a revolutionary formula that repairs bare spots in only two weeks or less. Pennington's been trusted since 1945, and now it works even faster. One Step Complete from Pennington. Honest Green. Get your lawn ready for any occasion. One Step Complete is available at the Home Depot. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to change the landscape of podcasting as you know it in professional wrestling. This is the Game Changer Podcast. Featuring the greatest asset to come out of Canada, the legendary Mr. Fritz. as well as featuring yours truly, the game changer, Nate the Effin' Great. Change the game one day at a time. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're ready, let's do this. Great. What is up? It is Noel Foley here, and I wanted to say congratulations on your five-year anniversary for your podcast. That is a pretty big effing deal, if I do say so myself. And this is actually a podcast that I had the pleasure of being on. And I just wanted to say thank you so much, Nate, for all your support throughout the years. You show up to every single signing I do, and you always make sure to come over to me and chat and take a funny picture. We have a lot of funny pictures. So thank you so much for your support. And it's actually pretty funny because one of the last times I've been in public was when I saw you at C2E2. So I hope you are staying safe and healthy and away from people and social distancing and, you know, quarantine, quarantine life. Um, But yeah, thank you so much. And I hope you have a nice effing day.
words I could remember Everything inside of me Just wanted to fit in I was never one for pretenders And everything I tried to be Just wouldn't settle in Guys, it felt like a year ago that we just celebrated Kofi Mania, and now this year we're celebrating WrestleMania once again. Different circumstances. What a night. This is the Game Changer Podcast, featured on Wrestle Attic Radio, as well as so many other podcasting platforms. I am Nate the F and Great, being joined here by my wonderful colleague, the one and only Mr. Fretz. How you doing, my good sir? Exhausted, and I was ready to say I'm tapping out this week. Oh, really? But a good night of sleep. But you know what? A good night of sleep and a good talk uh, had uh, had me going great. Uh, WrestleMania this whole weekend. This was a great distraction. Uh, you know, I'm still slugging away at the grocery store. We're uh, we're still open. We're doing a lot of stuff, but there's a lot of things going on up here. Uh, you all know that I'm on a beach. The beach is closed, and yet some people still choose to go on it and get tickets. Anyways, uh, I'm doing all right, but now I'm good, and now I got my sparkling water ready to go. That's a shout-out to Zach uh, from the Young Lions perspective. Always saying stay hydrated. I had a beer in the shower, so I'm good to go. That is wonderful to hear, and guys, I can also make this announcement, mainly because of the fact that uh, last week we had the one and only wonderful Anthony Stefano on the show, and we did do a podcast pre- uh, prediction deal for WrestleMania, and I can proudly announce that I have won by one measly point. You were catching up really far behind, Fretz, but by one point, literally going into day two, I was like, okay, I just need the three people to win. I just need... Uh, this person to win the women's title match, I need uh, this person to win this matchup, and I need another person to win another matchup. It all happened, but we'll talk about that when they kind of get get to them. Uh, don't want to do too much, though. Oh, 
Okay, I deserve that. But you know something? That's why some people love me, because I can be a bit of a grade A a-hole. I'm from Wisconsin. We have Ken Anderson. What do you all got? Okay, I'm not insulting Fretz because he's got a lot of great people up in Canada, so I'm not going to insult the Canadians. So, all right. And I, and, uh, I picked Canadians, and who won? <laughs> Canadians. Eat a dick, Ant. <laughs> Jesus. Man, he'll never come on our show again. But it was great to have him on. And, guys, there's so much more that's going to be happening throughout the month, celebrating five years of podcasting. This is another chronicle that I honestly was not expecting to really take place. Trust me, when we get to one matchup in particular, I do want to talk about one of the highlights of the weekend. But just the build-up already was uh, having the show with you and Ant, which was absolutely awesome. I mean, it went to like two and almost two and a half hours, but it was worth it. It was well worth it just to have a full-fledged, over-an-hour deal with Ant. Uh, got to do a news story on Friday for Eat, for Eat Street, which was absolutely amazing. That was just awesome. Definitely one of the highlights. Yes, I had people basically saying, like, oh, I saw your news deal on TV. It was awesome and everything. It's like, awesome. Really cool to see that. All right. Then we go into WrestleMania Saturday. So it's day one. And I do want to say this because of the fact that Ricky kept saying that it was Johnny Depp who was doing the voiceover for the opening. It wasn't. It was a really good impersonator, my good sir. And I will take that to the bank. Honestly, the opening for WrestleMania was really good, and you're just giving me that look of like, <laughs> of like, what you talking oh, about? I, I, I had something. I had a retort. It's like you're going. Oh gosh, I almost choked on my own words. <laughs> you're going to take that to the Royal Bank of Rose, are you? I have, no. It's going to be the ro- the Royal Bank of uh, Malkovich. Let's see if anybody catches that reference. Ha! Oh, oh, wow. <laughs> Shout out I to, love you, dude. I love you. <laughs> shout out to Dusty Dave. Um, hey, Dave. <laughs> so, oh, wait. You know what? Before we even get into like the main card, let's just get the uh, two pre-show match uh, deals out of the way. And uh, in, in all honesty, I look at both of these matches, and they were pretty good. They weren't like kind of those things where I was like, oh, get it over with. It was just like, Okay, I mean they showcased everybody. Uh, you met, you met, you whispered it. We started off with uh, Drew Gulak and Cesaro. Oh my God, <laughs> was this match ever so good? And there was a lot of stuff that Gulak was doing. He was just countering a lot of Cesaro's offense, and he was working on the arm. Uh, in all honesty, I was very surprised that he wasn't able to get the neutralizer on there, but. The ending of the match featured a little bit of a throwback for Cesaro back in his indie days, because if you remember, he did this deal where he had a person up in reverse fireman's carry, and he just spun them around, and then he would just be like, hey, I'm doing it with no arms, and bam, land them down. I, I call it the UFO spin. It was something that I was just like, oh my, this is a indie deal, this is an indie callback, oh my god, this is awesome, this is awesome, yay! Claudio callback, the Swiss airplane spin. I think he actually did call it the UFO, because I've been a Cesaro fan since, bloody hell, since he was in the Kings of Wrestling with Chris Hero. 
There's a throwback for you. <laughs> it's a major throwback. Uh, but it was because of this UFO spin that gave uh, Cesaro the victory. A new finisher, possibly? Giant question mark. Or it might be just something that he does with people that he could actually lift over his head. I already gave it a thumb up. I was like, I liked the matchup. I loved everything that they did. Drew Gulak, he did look like a star. Some people say, like, but he got buried because he lost to WrestleMania. He did not get buried. He was literally... Honestly, I would say this is like a 50-50 between the two of them in the matchup, and I loved every single bit of it. That was an amazing opening match. Now, night one, well, I was I was working on Saturday night until about uh, 10 o'clock, so because I had to be at work the next day at 8, I went right to the shower and right to bed because I didn't see anything, shut off my socials, didn't check right. Twitter, I, I disabled that. disabled our group chat mm-hmm. and went into it blind. But I watched it Sunday. Wow! I mean, Gulak. Also, a lot of people missed out. I think if you're a longtime fan of Gulak, like pre WWE, I'd have to give a shout out to uh, Scott Rand for that one because they're both from Philly. Uh, he did the whole uh, hand uh, grapple thing, but it was oh. a catch point. And if you watched his uh, Drew Gulak's match with Matt Riddle from, I think it was Evolve 150 on the network, that was referenced. He had like a a stable, but my goodness, uh, Cesaro could have a match with a friggin' broom. That that guy is phenomenal. And with that talent like Gulak and the exposure that he's finally getting on TV, finally, uh, just... Top top tier, great weight. This this would have like ate the crowd. This would have ate, woke the crowd right up. Like the, I'll say I, I hate using these words and terms, but the Smarky crowd. Uh, shout out Johnny Smarks. Um, <laughs> yeah, that that the, they would have ate that shit up. This, this was good. I I love both of these guys. I can't wait. I want Gulak versus Brian. I want it now. Uh. You know, we did get it at Elimination Chamber, but we it's just one of those things where oh, we watched right. it, and we want more of it, because Gulak, he's just breaking out into a star of his own. So, yeah, this was a great performance by Gulak. Give it time, guys. Honestly, I could see him being a tag team champion, possibly a second-tier champion. Do I see him being world champion? Not necessarily. But I can definitely see him being a valuable player in WWE. Uh, we go into the first matchup of Day 1. We have the women's tag team championship matchup on here. It is the Kabuki Warriors, or as <laughs> as Ant likes to call them, the uh, Bukake Warriors, <laughs> taking on Bl- Bliss Cross Applesauce. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh <laughs> just, uh, just, just take my money, Adam. You devious bastard. Um. This was a great opening matchup. I think that there's a lot of people that would say, like, what the crowd, no crowd, it kind of diminishes it a little bit. It actually didn't. These women literally laid it on the line. There's a lot of great moments with uh, Asuka and Kairi Sane getting involved in there. Uh, there was one point where I was just like, ooh, that's a little rough. There's like a point where. Uh, Nikki Cross hit the uh, spinning fisherman suplex to Asuka. She goes for the cover, and it looks like it's going to be a three count, or it would be a three count, but then it did like, this weird transition to Kairi Sane doing the elbow drop. It literally looked like she the ref was going for three, and then they just cut to Kairi Sane like, 
just about ready to like prep for the elbow. It was it was a weird spot. It was one of those things where it was like, okay, the production team kind of slacked on that one. Uh, no offense to Slack, also, uh, just because we can say it, F you Slack. Um, <laughs> in all on it, but in all honesty, even despite that little hiccup there, Asuka, Kyrie, Nikki, Cross, and Alexa Bliss, they just absolutely killed it. Uh, the final moments featuring the uh, spinning experiment suplex, and then followed it up with the twisted Bliss, one, two, three, Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross, are your winners the new and first ever two-time WWE Women's Tag Team Champions? I love this matchup. I gave it two thumbs up. I enjoyed every th- bit of the storytelling there. Asuka yelling and screaming because she can is just great. Uh, Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss just have a great time. Although I did say in uh, the the chat that we had with the WrestleMania Radio, I said, Nikki Cross is wearing a snowflake. I quit. <laughs> Just ready to leave. And so many people are like, no, it's not. It's this. It's this. I look at it closer. It's like, it's a snowflake. Don't don't even try to to hide it. It's a snowflake on her on her attire. It was like on her uh, shoulder area. I don't know if you noticed that or not, but it, okay. So I'm the only one that notices these things. Whatever. Yeah, like I said, two thumbs up. Great opening matchup to start off day one of WrestleMania. I think the thing on her shoulder... It might be something Scottish, or it might actually be like, you remember that old Sanity logo that had, it looked like just a star, but it had like points and oh. like wrench or, fork or forks on it, so it could be that. Oh. She could be paying tribute to uh, Eric Young and Alexander Wolf and, and her, hubby, her husband, <laughs> and her hubby. Uh, oh, I, I, I love their relationship. Like, they did a thing on Twitter, and it was just so, Killian, it's like, Crack a dawn, he's up and at him spry, like, he up and perky. He's like, he's like, hey, hey, babe, what do you think of something, something, something? And you just see, she's wearing a robe, like a house coat, but it's like, got the full, like, Dark Order cloak, and you can't see her face. <laughs> Clutching him, I'm like, not till I have my coffee! <laughs> just me in the morning. If I ever go for a roadie at WrestleMania, and you catch me before a coffee, God help you. This match was really fun. Um, I love the pairing of Bliss and Cross. I'm coming around on Bliss. What a miracle. Uh, one of the few people I'm coming around on. And it's it's fun. I despise Asuka with a burning hot rage. Her screaming and her commentary is insufferable. I loathe every... I, I mute her. I have to, When I see her on screen, I hit mute. I hate it so much. <sighs> but it's it was good to see them get smacked. <laughs> I'm in the minority here. Uh, I loved seeing her get smashed in that sequence of spinning fisherman and then insane elbow. And then there was like this, what she used. Uh, man, I, I almost called it the sparkle splash. I'm like, nope, that's what she used to call it. Uh, yeah, the, uh, what's it called? The, 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 the bliss moon salt again? Oh, the twisted bliss. Twisted Bliss. Oh, Adam Blompier calls it the Sparkle Splash. Well, that's because she used her first, well, no, I'd say her second gimmick, because did you know she used to be a valet for Scott Dawson? Because Scott Dawson had, like, the Jamie Noble kind of gimmick with the trucker cap and the plaid, pre-revival. I did not know that, actually. That's like, I think it might have just been glanced at on the FCW documentary or just Uh, something weird thing I remember. It was a 
it four great great workers in this match. It was a, it was it was a good one. I, I, I oh man, I, I just absolutely adore Nikki Cross and her in this match was just a house of fire. She's she's amazing. Yes, good, definitely. Good, and and the right result. I'm glad the Bukaki Warriors lost. It, it was about time. They <laughs> got to do something better with these damn belts. Where are the iconics? Where right. are like the whole, the NXT involvement? They said they were going to do get. What's it, Vanessa Bourne and what's her face? Get them in a tag match with them. Why not? Oh yeah, I, uh, I forgot what her name was too. Uh, I did forget to mention one thing, ladies and gentlemen, was that we got introduced to our host, the Gronk. Oh, and he decided to bring in his buddy, Mojo Raleigh. And I said, oh, great, a Hype Bros 2.0 deal. I I will say this, it does not last long, and you're going to hate them by the end of the event. I'm not saying anything. All right, so next matchup we have on here is King Corbin taking on Elias. King Corbin's just saying... Saying, oh, well, you know, Elias is not going to be coming out. He's blah, blah, blah. I'm going to win by count out. So they have the count. Here comes Elias. King Corbin comes up, runs out, gets clunked with the guitar. We get some pretty decent um, action between the two of them. Uh, you know, Corbin doing his, his deal where he just gets thrown to a corner, runs around the pole, and then just hits that clothesline. I always love hit when he does that. His deep six... I love it. I always love it. He knows how to hit that move, like, beautifully. Uh, I will also say this, that one of the things that was a redeeming factor for this matchup was the whole deal where Baron Corbin is, like, yelling at the referee. I think it was, like, uh, Jessica Carr, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and exactly. She, and and she, she's just like, she's like, it's like, don't tell me how to do my job. Don't worry about me, Corbin. It's just literally these interactions between King Corbin and Jessica were just beautiful. I was laughing my ass off, like, oh, Jessica, just tell him off. Just please do. Uh, King Corbin was just about to get the victory with the ropes, but Jessica's like, hey, 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 Corbin, I see you doing that. Corbin's yelling at him. Then we see Elias do a roll-up with the tights, and that was it for that. Uh, Elias beats King Corbin at WrestleMania. Elias gets his first WrestleMania victory, and King Corbin is getting, like, an on-and-off kind of deal with WrestleMania, so... At this rate, next year he's going to win WrestleMania. Uh, I ultimately gave this matchup a thumbs down. This matchup just lost a bit of my attention. I just did not enjoy it as much as some people probably did. Uh, and the, the screwy finish at the end. Somebody could make the, the statement, well, it's two heels going at each other. It's like, yeah, but just, ugh, it is what it is. I was not a fan of this matchup. Oh, but- gonna get a bit going here with Elias because you know he's one of my boys uh I didn't care for the match at all like the only reason I I liked it because I I marked the heck out for Elias winning and and the I the ironic twist of him using the tights on Corbin was 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 great other than that better suited for a pre-show or for or like the Smackdown after Wrestlemania but I'm glad they got they got a spot on Mania I mean Look at Corbin last year. I mean, he retired Kurt Angle. Or was that two years ago? Was That's, that last year? That was last year. Holy crap. I know, right? Um, yeah, so, and, and and where was Elias? Well, Elias has been in major spotlights of mania, whether we realize it or not. Like, two years ago, when it was that Undertaker, 
John Cena squash, the lights go out, and the crowd is just like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> I Me, I'm at home, I'm leaping out of my chair wearing my Elias shirt. <laughs> this, uh, it's like, oh, were you expecting someone else? Yes. <laughs> last last year, he was involved in Thugonomic Cena, who we'll see later on, uh, doing a thing. And this year, he's well, he's just in a match. I mean, if WrestleMania took place in front of a crowd, I don't think that match would have taken place. It would have been at best on the pre-show. Thumbs down for the match, but because my boy Elias won, I'm gonna give it maybe somewhere. Not not all the way down, but not quite the middle. It's in that okay. in between phase. Okay. It's like uh, I think Ruthless Pod do something like that with you know brother sucks or thumbs in the middle. Yeah, it's okay. that. Yeah, this was not a brother sucks match. It was just a could have done without it kind of matchup. Um, next up, we have the Raw Women's Championship. We have Becky Lynch defending her title against Shayna Baszler. Oh boy, do I have a lot to say about this matchup. So, uh, first of all. Shayna Baszler wearing eye makeup. Okay, then. Uh, it does get us kind of like this really funny deal, the post-match deal, um, that people just have been just absolutely <laughs> giving a crap about. I will say I did make a joke about it, but I'll make it at the end of this matchup. Uh, it does get to be pretty physical between the two of them. We definitely do see uh, Becky Lynch trying her best to... Uh, you know, get some of the offense in, but Shayna Baszler, she's just laying out Becky every which way that she can, uh, even locking in the disarm her on Becky Lynch, which I was like, okay, this was something I was not expecting. Okay, this is new. Uh, Shayna is able to get the clutch in on Becky Lynch, and it's kind of one of those things like, okay, here we go. We're about to see Shayna beat Becky. Becky's going to be, as Adam Blumby would say, humbled and everything like that. And then they go down, Becky Lynch rolls back, one, two, three. What? Okay, Becky Lynch retains. Uh, I was going to give this probably a thumbs up, but then that finish happened. I gave it a thumbs down. Why? Because, let's take you back in time, shall we, ladies and gentlemen? Shayna Baszler versus Kyrie Sane. They had some good quality matches. Look them up on NXT. They are amazing. One of the finishes features Shayna Baszler getting beat by Kairi Sane with that exact same finish. Rematch with Kairi and Shayna. Looks like we're going to see it again. Nope, Shayna moves around. He's, she's like, nope, you're not getting me again. So did she forget from that time to now about that kind of reversal? Because I literally saw that and I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. You tried to make Shayna Baszler look strong. You tried to make her look like a dominant force. And she ends up losing because of a move that she had done to her a few years ago that she would have known by now. And she's more than likely countered that move in every other match in NXT. But somehow on main roster, oh, she forgot about it. Crap, it cost me the title. Yeah. It also pissed me off. Like I said, it's a physical matchup. The finish is what ultimately pissed me off the most. Thumbs down. I was not a fan of it. All right. So I'm in agreement with the wrong person winning. However, 
Shayna had a dominant performance. She was beaten with the classic Bret Hart versus Steve Austin finish. Want to know what I mean? Watch Survivor Series 96. Again. Or, I, I, I know. <laughs> again, I, I said, I, I get that. But again, she already had this finish happen to her. She should have seen this coming. And yet, it was just like, it was kind of like the Booker T Triple H deal. Oh, hits a finisher, and somehow Booker T's nerve system just went like, ugh. Apparently, did, did Shayna Baszler just have like a brain fart? Be like, oh yeah, I had this happen to me before, but I forgot about it. It's like, fuck, man. Uh, Vince doesn't watch NXT, so to him, to him, NXT is basically WCW. You start from scratch. Uh, I, I agree that Becky probably should have dropped it here. I don't hate it as much as a lot of people do. Like, there's another match that a lot of people hated the result of, which I am going to talk about when we get to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I always look at it like this. Okay, what story are you trying to tell? I, th- I think this could go, well, much like Kari Sane. The next time that that Kari Sane and Shayna Baszler met, Kari died. So yeah. the next time we're going to see this, Becky will get choked out. I, I, this, I can envision it perfectly. Becky doesn't tap out. She passes out to the cure feud clutch, which I would be okay with, which I would have been okay with that finish at WrestleMania. Uh, but it's like, you know, a lot of people like, you know, Vince giving up. I mean, I, I don't buy that dirt cheap bullshit where like Vince gives up on this person. Vince gives up on that person. I don't believe it until I actually hear it from their mouths. Like I listened to uh, just uh, prior to this, I was listening to Brody Lee on Talk is Jericho. And he was like, you know, pitching and pitching and pitching and, you know, nothing happening. And then, because we'd, we'd read, the, like, two years ago, we would have read the dirt sheet saying, Luke Harper, buried by Vince McMahon. Okay, Meltzer, whatever, shut up. And now that we hear it for straight from the horse's mouth, okay, okay. Uh, I'm just envisioning how they're going to tell the story. Because eventually, Becky's going to lose. And I do think that it's going to be to Shayna not to Ronda, Ronda Rousey, as actually some people on our network have uh, have predicted. Um, I, I I'm, not, I'm not sure I see it. Uh, yeah, I, I, listen, I listened to Zach today too, and that was a very very enjoyable rant on his. I, I, I love Zach's rants. They are <laughs> even if I disagree with some of them, they're still entertaining to listen to, buddy. Um, as I said, it, it, it's a it's a story. Bad result. I'll agree. Where's it going to go from here? What's going to happen next? Uh, as Vince McMahon would say, is you know, like next. <laughs> Maybe, I think I think it's just that for me, it's a result I've seen so many times that it's now getting to the point where it's like, really, we're doing this again. I think that's just where my mindset is right now because we've seen that kind of deal where you know somebody's got him locked in this kind of move, rolls through like the Stone Cold Steve Austin Bret Hart deal, and. You know, match over, boom, boom, that kind of deal. If they built up to it that way, hey, that would have been fine. But I felt like the matchup was shorter than it needed to be. I felt like they could have gone on a little bit longer. But again, that's just me. Uh, Moving on, we do get a little bit of a glimpse of the Undertaker Last Ride series. Uh, More than likely, this is going to be a series about him documenting maybe his final 
you know, run with the company. Maybe we're going to get a whole deal that builds up to Survivor Series. Who knows at this point? Uh, I haven't gotten a chance to watch it in its entirety, but I'm guessing that you have, and it's a recommended deal. It's it's a pre it's just a preview. It's only like 15 minutes long. It, it, it just uh, you start off, I think, before the Roman Reigns match, and he's just basically talking about you know like what happened, like kind of talking about what happened to him, and it's it's a teaser, it's a palate cleanser, and I'm just like. Why did you, it's not a cliffhanger, but I'm like, why did you leave me with this when I would have sat down for the next two hours after that and watched the whole thing? Like I watched Edge's uh, 24 the other night that you made a cameo on, (laughs) which was amazing. (laughs) And and that one was just, because Edge is one of my boys, like, you know, because Canada bias and yes, shut up. (laughs) 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 Uh, It's, that was so cool. You're racist and towards that, Americans, Fretz. <laughs> What's that? I said you're racist towards Americans, Fretz, because you prefer the Canadians. Well, if I ha- if I've said this before, if I had a gimmick, I would be Lance Storm, the leader of Team Canada. <laughs> I, I, I I would be the Bret Hart talking about you know the United States is shaped like a big toilet bowl, which really look at the look at the shape of your country and and the. And the water in the bowl is right in the Gulf of Mexico, and I am not touching that. <laughs> I'll get you next week sometime. Uh, well, <laughs> but but speaking of Canadians, one of your favorite Canadians, Sami Zayn, is defending his Intercontinental Championship against Daniel Bryan. Finally, we're getting a Sami Zayn WrestleMania match up here, and in honesty, I loved this match. I thought this was great. Uh, a lot of deals where Sami Zayn is just running around the ring, but then as soon as Daniel Bryan gets to him, he's just kicking him, he's punching him, he's doing everything doing to Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn is just selling it like a freaking champ. Holy cow. There's so many moments where he's just crying and begging, like, no, Daniel, please, 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 have, like, have mercy, stuff like that. Uh, the finish took me by surprise, actually. Uh, Daniel Bryan, it looked like he was going to go for a... I think it. I think it was like a, a missile drop kick or something like that. But Sami Zayn, with a modified version of the Haluva kick, catches him in midair, picks up the victory. Sami Zayn retains. In honesty, I gave it a thumb up. I liked the matchup. Uh, I think that you know, since it was like more of a, a bit of a comedy deal, maybe it was one of those things where it just didn't you know fully reconcile with me because I, maybe I was hoping that it was going to be like NXT Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan, but then I had to realize, wait, no, this is heal Sami Zayn, and he's the guy that everybody wants to see just get slaughtered. And we got that. So, in all honesty, it was a good matchup. I enjoyed it. Uh, I have no complaints about it. Uh, do I think they could have done more? Maybe. But, still loved it. And, and maybe Sami, I think, is a little bit more limited now, because he had like, both of his shoulders operated on a year or two ago. So That is true. May- maybe we're not, we, we can't get, you know, El Generico versus Kevin Steen, Sammy, which my lord, that like, career versus mask match he had with Steen in Ring of Honor, wow. Uh, or the last man standing match, or the send-off, whatever, but yeah, S- S- Sammy wrestling kind of like Bobby Heenan, at first it irked me a little bit until I realized, oh wait, his shoulders are effed, and you know, having a few spine myself, I can somewhat 
relate, even though I've never taken a bump in the ring and never will. <laughs> uh, it was fine the way it was. This was tech. This, this was decent technical wrestling. I think had this match taken place six years before, we would have had it like so much better. Which, like a, a Brian versus Sammy in their prime, I would love to see. Which probably happened in Ring of Honor. I'm not sure. I'm gonna have to Google this on on, on break, but it, it, it was good. Uh, that modified Huluva kick was neat. It kind of reminded me a bit of the one that the three of them nailed on on Braun Strowman, and I, I like that he's finding new ways to to nail that move. So I think like what else has he used as a finisher in WWE? Like he used that. He had some kind of octopus submission hold. Uh, I think. Once, on like a dark match on NXT, he nailed the top rope brain buster, but that's just such an awkward move that it would, like the Haluva kick, it would be like, oh, you run in the corner and then extend your foot. Oh, I have to hop over and awkwardly cover him. So that modified one was good. And uh, I love Sammy, uh, that Sammy one. Uh, yes, yes, Canadian bias, uh, even though it's Quebec and Google the referendum. You'll understand what I mean, kids. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, good. I would have loved to see it have like a couple more minutes, but I I was I was entertained. So this is a matchup that went perfectly. Uh, one of the best matches by far of the WrestleMania card. That being the SmackDown Tag Team Title matchup, in which it was defended in a triple threat situation, where we had John Morrison versus Kofi Kingston versus. Jimmy Uso, oh my lord, this was insane. Just seeing all of the crazy bumps that they were doing. Uh, one quote that I really loved, uh, I think that either Jimmy hit a super kick or he smashed Kofi in the face with a ladder. Uh, just hearing Jimmy Uso making a comment where he like, he did, he did, Kofi, smush your face like a pancake. <laughs> Boy, I literally was on the ground laughing so hard at that. And honestly, this was the matchup that I was hoping that we were going to see the true John Morrison, where he was not just this lackey that was coming back to help the Miz and win tag team titles, blah, blah, blah. No, he showcased a lot of his parkour ability, and he definitely was one of the highlights of this deal, whether it was the you know top rope Spanish fly, the conversion into, oh, oh my gosh, that corkscrew uh, sta- standing moonsault he did to, I think it was Jimmy Uso, on the ladder, that was just oh, that was beautiful. Uh, the finish was something that I originally had some issue with, but then I was just like, you know, I don't know, think we've ever seen something like this, and it does stay within the rules. So all three of them are on top of the ladder. I believe it was Jimmy Uso. He got the uh, the latch taken off, so that go, that weird little bar that they had there that they've had since two thousand and thirteen. I want to say. Yeah, 2013. The one where they had with Randy Orton and uh, John Cena, where they had the unification deal. Uh, they've been having that for quite a while. So all three of them, they're basically just fighting for the belts. They're doing this blah, 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 blah. Uh, they knock down John Morrison, who, coincidentally, is able to unlatch or unvelcro the tag team titles, as we've seen, unfortunately. And the titles fall on John Morrison. The match is over. Morrison and Miz are still the tag team champions. It's a unique finish. It's something that I don't see as much as you know normal. 
And to be quite honest, it was one of those things that I look back at and think, you know, it kind of does fit, you know, Morrison and Miz. They're just barely holding on to the titles by the grit of their teeth. So this was kind of one of those things where I was like, yeah, no, I, I kind of like this unique finish. Uh, for some people that are fans of, this, of our show, I gave this two gorilla thumbs up. I really loved this matchup. I thought that, like I said, the spots were intense. Kofi Kingston, Jimmy Uso, John Morrison just put on one hell of a show. One of the best matches of the night. But it probably will not be the best matchup of the night because there's one other matchup that's probably going to take that. Uh, Fretz, what did you think about this ladder match? Uh, honestly, I have to go back and watch this in its entirety. I think I was uh, making some food during this match, and I didn't really pay attention until the until the finish. And uh, it, it, it was unique, but I'm like, really, dude? Uh, it, it, was a, it was kind of a... Uh, uh, what's the word? Buzzkill. It was like freaking Buzz Killington there, but I'm like, it was creative. It was unique, and that freaking coat hanger that they've been using since uh, 2014, like a freaking something they dug out of my closet to you know <laughs> that I hang my shirt on. And, and, and true story, when I got my big gold belt that's out of camera uh, over on my on my wall there, I'm like, how can I hang this up on my wall? I got like a you know, I got my coat hanger, like, nope. Well, I'm going to go to Home Hardware and buy some things. Yeah, I, I, as I said, I have to watch this again. I I knew it was going to be good. That finish, I'm like, oh, okay, whatever with the finish. And I love that like, Kofi and uh, Uso were still fighting after the fact for a little bit. I thought that was kind of neat. Uh yeah, I'll, I will echo the thumbs up, even though, as I said, I have to watch it again. Fair enough. Uh, next up, we have the favorite wrestler of our only King Ricky Rose. It's Kevin Owens versus the Messiah of Monday Nights, Seth Rollins. And I actually made the comment on Twitter. I said, did he just pillage or plunder out of Andrade's wardrobe attire? Because at first, like, on the first on the front side, I was like, it's like, that's something that Andrade would wear. Somebody get Andrade on the phone, and then I see the back of it. It's like, oh, no, it's supposed to be like a pre... Got it. Got it. Um, yeah, they actually put on a pretty good hell of a matchup between the two between the two of these guys. Quite a bit of back and forth between them. Uh, I was almost disappointed at what happened origi- originally. We see Seth Rollins, he used a ring bell to clunk Kevin Owens in the head, and I was thinking to myself, ah, crap. Well... I mean, it's going to get us a bigger and better matchup, so I guess I can accept that. I was ready to give it the thumbs up, and then Kevin Owens was just like, no, we're not ending WrestleMania like that. You get back here, Seth Rollins, and let's finish this. No disqualifications. To which I'm like, I'm going to put my hand down now for a minute. I'm interested. So they restarted the matchup. It's no disqualification between Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. We see the two of them just again being completely brutal just being completely absolutely ransacking each other and we see Kevin Owens hit the ring bell quite a few times on Seth Rollins skull and then he's just like you know what I'm going to do my best Shane McMahon impression since he can't be here he goes to where we have the Wrestlemania sign goes to the top of it jumps off and does an elbow drop to the announce table this was awesome he throw he gets Seth Rollins back into the ring Hits a stunner. One, two, three. Kevin Owens gets a victory over Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. 
two thumbs up. It was a it was honestly two really good matches in one night, which showcases Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens in their entirety. And it was a finish that got me happy. So loved it. Thought it was great. Like I said, two thumbs up. Spectacular. Uh, Kevin Owens finally getting a win at WrestleMania. Finally getting a proper moment at the show. I mean, he's been a part of some big showcases himself, like the inner. Was it the Intercontinental Ladder match that yep. Zack Ryder won? Was he in that? Yep, you know, he, was he was the champion. champion. He was. That's right. And then he was a part of Daniel Bryan's return. And what else did he do at Mania? Yeah. I think he was hurt one year. He did have that match with Jericho at 33. Which, uh, which yeah, a lot of people did. Well, the problem was that they were the second match. So that was kind of one of those things where it was like, well, you do what you can. Yeah, so, they, they were in the, <clears throat> the the dead spot, but... And they were in that yeah, tag I, match with uh, Brian and Shane two years ago. That's right, yeah, and I don't think he, he even wrestled at Mania last year. I don't recall. Nope, I don't think he did. You're probably right. Now, he, I don't know if he was hurt. No, no that's when he was hurt. Oh, that's Cause right. Because he, right. he was starting to air his, like promos at the bowling alley or something and he was going to be like an everyman uh, thankfully he didn't go that far into it but yeah I, I love this that spot off this sign just leapt out of my chair it was it was so good Seth Rollins just being a smarmy little Waluigi wins uh, just being a smarmy asshole that's what I've been thinking the whole time he's been doing this like I gotta give credit to friggin Tom Campbell and Matthew on on Cultaholic, they cut every time. It's like <laughs> so good. Uh, wow, the Rollins. <laughs> wow, 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 the watching went. Uh, no, I, I had something. No, it's gone. Seth uh, Rogans, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, feeling froggy leap. <laughs> oh man, I need a puppet here. <laughs> that oh was, my gosh. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. Almost had a cough going, but nope. Nope, no virus. I'm fine. I'm fine. Uh, thoroughly enjoyable. That spot off the sign was whack. I can only imagine what that would have been like live. Although I don't think they would have jumped off of that sign. Much like everyone's like, "Hey, look at that roller coaster set." Oh God, Shane's gonna jump off it. Thankfully, he didn't. Uh, rest in peace in advance. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Finally got his comeuppance on that on that friggin' religious prick. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, let's see here. Uh, R-Truth comes in to talk to Gronk and Mojo. Mojo comes to for seven champion. Don't give a crap. Um, we do get a nice little segment where Paul Heyman warns Drew McIntyre about Brock Lesnar. It's Paul Heyman. I can't really give it, you know, any more justice than it is. Go watch it. It's great. Uh, oh, joy. This matchup. You know, at least there's a happy ending to it. We have the Blue Universal Championship matchup. Goldberg defending against Braun, Brown Snowman. And, and let's see here. Uh, so here we go. We have these nice little deals where it's just uh, three finishers each. Blah, 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 blah. Spear, 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 spear. Bro- Strowman hits the power slam, power slam, power slam after like four or five. Braun wins, Universal Champion. Uh, honestly, though, I did give this one a thumbs up just because it was a short, sweet match. It got to the point. Braun Strowman is the Universal Champion. Uh, 
Braun versus The Fiend, Braun versus Roman Reigns, Braun versus King Corbett. No thank you. Corbin, you've had enough of your chances. Um, there's still some pretty good stuff that they could do here with uh, with uh, Braun Strowman as Universal Champion. Uh, also, did you read the article about uh, Goldberg refusing to put Bray over with the, the Universal title match in Saudi Arabia? I hear that, and I'm just... I think the first thing that came to my mind after somebody mentioned that, I was like, huh. You know, maybe that finish to the SummerSlam 2003 matchup was not as bad as we thought it was. I I think it was more Goldberg doesn't understand the nuances of the character. Mm, Probably. However, but this, yeah, this little um, Christmas beer that's only 330 mils, but it's 10% alcohol... Braun, three years too late. And that match, brother sucks. Awful. Awful. It's it's okay, it's okay. Bear with me, just at least bear with me for a bit, because we're getting to one of the good matches here. Okay, but I just have to... Did you read that thing that where something... I was thinking something Evil Uno was putting up on Instagram, and then Braun was just being a... He apologized for it good on him, but he was being a dick, it's like, oh, hey, uh, something, 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 if you're worried about money, then change professions, like, I got out of strongman, and then it's like, are you serious, do you not understand what we're in the middle of right now, Bron, yeah, he, he, he manned up and apologized, I'll give him credit for that, but, it should have been said in the first place, exactly, and I can, I'm, I'm done talking about that, and, I don't I care. I'm glad Goldberg's off, but I don't care that Braun's the champion. Who's going to challenge him? Who's going to beat him? I can't wait to see him get beat for the title now. Go Roman. Roman versus Braun at SummerSlam. Braun as a heel, which I want to see. Go. <laughs> Honestly, I'd be okay with that too. Uh, we have the main event for day one. It is the Boneyard matchup between AJ Styles and The Undertaker. And it's... It's Biker Taker. Put it plain and simple. He comes in on a motorcycle uh, to Metallica. This is one of those things where it's just kind of cool. I kind of wish that he would have done the biscuit rolling, 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 but eh, you know, whatever. So, oh, Nate? Yes? Before, uh, before, but can I just say something about the Metallica thing? Yes. It is an ironic, full circle, more of an ironic deal, but okay. So do you remember his entrance theme, American Badass by Kid Rock? Um, I think so. Yeah, that was pre, that was pre-roll, and that was, well, as I'm going to get into in my Tony Bell Salute show in May, that was his return theme as okay. the American Badass. And the guitar riff for American Badass is sad but true by Metallica, who played The Undertaker into the graveyard, isn't it ironic? Don't you think? <laughs> it is quite a bit ironic. So this matchup, in all honesty, there's all just this great storytelling. Undertaker literally is just taking AJ Styles to school. We have him basically saying like, oh, well, what's my wife's name? What's my wife's name? He keeps saying that. I'm just like, oh, AJ, please just do not say it, dude. Do not say oh, it. Wendy. <laughs> um... AJ Styles just gets the crap beat out of him until uh, he throws some dirt in Undertaker's eye. He gets a little bit of an advantage, but then Undertaker fights back. 
Um, we, it seems like AJ Styles is going to be done, but then we see the rest of the OC, Gallows and Anderson, they're just like, hey, we're just getting started. Doors of, like the barnyard area they had plopped down. Here comes some druids. In all honesty, if it was one of those things where they just reveal themselves to be the elite, that would have been the funniest thing that could have happened in that matchup. Um, but you no, know, Undertaker beats down the druids. He beats down. Uh, he beats down Gallows and Anderson. AJ Styles gets a little bit of the advantage. Um, it looks like the Undertaker is done. AJ Styles is getting into a tractor, and I will say this. Some people would be like, how does he know how to work a tractor? He's a farm boy from Georgia. Shut up. <laughs> um, he gets it started up. Next thing you know, we just see this blinding light behind AJ. It's the Undertaker. And all I'm just saying to myself is, oh, shit. <laughs> AJ's dead. You've done it now. Um, Undertaker beats down AJ. AJ's climbing up to the top of the roof, and Undertaker's chasing after him. He throws away Gallows. He tombstones Anderson. Chokeslam JJ Styles off of the barn, which was a freaking great deal uh, then he just does this deal where he's just like it's okay buddy I'm not going to bury you, I'm not going to do that uh, he fakes out AJ hits a big boot, AJ goes into the grave then Undertaker goes to the tractor there goes the dirt all you see is AJ Styles' hand just going up his little hand I wish he would have just done like the too sweet deal that would have been funny that would have been just funnier or if they would have just panned, panned back to him like when, uh, <laughs> like when Undertaker was leaving just like his hand is still there, and just the final deal of WrestleMania is just AJ's hand just going straight to the two suite. That'd have been fun. That would have been hilarious. That'd be one of those things. Just like oh, AJ's still alive, <laughs> some shit like that. Uh, but no, I gave this two gorilla thumbs up. I liked. I loved this matchup. I thought it was really well done. I had great effects. They had like pyro. They had the lights put the right way. Great storytelling of Undertaker basically being like, you know, you talk bad about my family, you talk bad about my wife, you're gonna get your ass kicked. Uh, I did love the whole Druid deal with uh, Gallows, Anderson, AJ Styles, all that kind of stuff. It's just great. Originally, I was kind of hating the matchup just because of the fact that AJ lost, but at the same time, I was like, you know, it's a first of its kind. It's something that Undertaker rarely wins on. Yeah, we can give it to him. Uh, they still put on one hell of a matchup. I loved it. That was very entertaining. Uh I loved the cinematic matches that we got out of this weekend. I, I, I went in thinking, actually, I didn't have any expectations getting getting into this match, but I was blown away. Just everything, the, the Metallica, it being that Metallica was like my favorite band ever, uh, the the tractor, the uh, just, just everything. Like Gallows and Anderson played their parts well. All the, all the trash talk, and even Taker is just like, oh, boy, I'm going to take it to school, boy. Then he kind of, you, you think that when we went from badass Taker to dead man Taker, we're like, oh, okay. So it's going to take the dead man to get the job done. Because if you, if you look at even the booking of American Badass Taker, like we're, we've been, we were talking off air about of the Ruthless Aggression podcast who are right in the middle of the you've done it now like under under uh, Taker there which is just lame but yeah <laughs> I, I, w- I was entertained the right person I think the right person won and they should have had a bit where the lightning hit the hit the tombstone and then AJ throws up the two sweet it would have been even funnier if you like flipped the bird as, as Taker was riding off and it's like Aah! 
beep, beep, beep. <laughs> backs up, puts down his thing, puts his gloves back on, picks them up again, chokeslams them in the thing again. Okay, no part of your body is sticking up. Okay, bye. <laughs> Just a retake. That would have been amazing. All right, guys. So we're gonna take a quick commercial break to kind of compose ourselves and get ready for day two of this whole ordeal. Uh, we and yeah, that's what we're gonna do when we come back. So stay tuned. We will have just so much more fun, craziness, and uh, I think I did acid during day two. I'll tell you why in just a bit. So stay tuned, guys. We'll be right back. This is your pool party captain, Randy Fitzsimmons, and you're listening to the Game Changer Podcast. Pew pew. What's going on, everybody? This is the Queen Bee, the HBIC of Wrestle Addict Radio, the Kate Murphy. Why do fools fall in love? Should I change my Tinder bio? These questions and more will all be answered on our new Patreon-exclusive show, Love and War. Watch me and King Ricky Rosé tackle the questions and struggles of finding love as a wrestling fan. Love is a battlefield, and this is Love and War, exclusively on the Wrestle Addict Radio Patreon. What's up, folks? This is Mr. Fretz from the Game Changer Podcast, here to tell you about my Patreon show, the 20 Bell Salute, where I go back 20 years ago each month in wrestling and pop culture. What movies were out, what video games we were playing, what music we were downloading on Napster, and what wrestling pay-per-views took place that month in WWE and what other promotions happen to still exist at this time. So join me in my Y2K-compliant DeLorean as I go 20 years into the past on the Wrestle Addict Radio Patreon. Join us for only five bucks a month. crazy because I'm just listening to this uh, Rev Theory Light It Up theme uh, music and I'm taken back to Wrestlemania 24 because that was honestly a really good show uh, in all honesty guys I could say with a lot of confidence that this Wrestlemania is one of the better Wrestlemanias in previous memories and I'll tell you guys why when we get done with day two uh, this is the Game Changer Podcast, a part of Wrestle Attic Radio you can check us out on the Twitter at the Legendary Jam at Real F and Game and at Attic underscore 
Wrestle, where day one I was doing a lot of the Twitter stuff, and there are some people that liked it. There are some people that probably didn't like a lot of things I said, but whatever. It's my opinion. It's the first time I've done Wrestle Attic Radio Twitter in like, oh god, it's it's been a while. It has been a while. Um, but yeah, in honesty, guys, we're going into day two. Let's just dive right into it with the pre-show matchup. We have Liv Morgan taking on Natalia. These two women love them they do a great job but also at the same time i love me some Liv morgan she's like a candy bar that i could just eat up all day long all weekend long okay i went creepy i don't care uh Liv morgan picking up a victory with a surprise victory roll uh i gave it a thumb up it was a match that gave both the women a chance to show off their talent i enjoyed it i actually didn't watch this match Fair, i'm gonna be okay. completely honest with you uh i had just gotten off work gotten showered got my food got some food ready and uh i was no i, I was watching night one and i'm like i can skip this match so i i didn't actually watch this match <laughs> all right fair enough but we kicked off night two with the banger because for the second year in a row it started off with a royal rumble winner we have the nxt championship rhea ripley defending against charlotte flair Oh, was this matchup just absolutely amazing. I loved every single bit of it. Uh, it definitely showcased Rhea Ripley as Vegeta, for those of you that love a little anime, and a Dragon Ball Z reference, and it was amazing. Not since Over 9,000! Oh my gosh. Not since, I think, WrestleMania 32, when uh, the new day came out with those, uh, what were they, like Super Saiyan suits or something like that? Was there ever like a Dragon Ball Z reference? But you know something? This was great. Uh, Rhea Ripley, she hit the riptide early on. I was like, oh, geez, are we going to see Charlotte done early? Nope. Okay. <laughs> Thank God. Um, but yeah, these women definitely showcased a lot. We see uh, this was Rhea Ripley's coming out party. This was her just being an absolute main event level star. She deserves every single bit of credit when it comes to this. She was just beating Charlotte Flair to bits until Charlotte decides, you know what? I'm tired of this. I'm going to start working on your leg. In which Rhea Ripley, ooh, she took a lot of nasty st- shots with those le- with those legs. Uh, chop blocks, leg locks, whatever you think of. Rhea Ripley endured it. And she did everything that she could to try and retain her championship. But in the end, she succumbed to the figure four, which transitioned into the figure eight. Rhea Ripley, unfortunately, having to tap out and Charlotte Flair is the new NXT Women's Champion. I saw a lot of people were very pissed about this. And you know something? I'm just sitting there kind of smiling it out, being like, you know what? It's fine, because Charlotte's going to be working with other great women on NXT. And Rhea Ripley's probably coming to the main roster. I'm okay with this. So it was one of those things where pr- I wouldn't necessarily say it was like uh, Kate Murphy watching the world burn when Goldberg defeated Bray Wyatt. Uh, it was kind of one of those things where it's like, you know what? I know good things are coming out of this, so everybody can shut the hell up. It's like an Eric Bischoff smile to the face. Two thumbs up. It was the right amount of time with really good storytelling between these two women. I loved this matchup. Me too. And I echo all of your sentiments. So Slack, Rachel, send me the hate mail. <laughs> Light me on fire, although my mouth already was, and if you know what that means, you watch me eat those 
ghost pepper chips, which we're going to get to that in a little while. Oh, um, God, I talk, I'm going to talk about that match so far. We're, we're, we're going to get there. We're going to oh, get there, yeah. trust me. we got to wait, so, but still. Uh, uh, I feel that this was the right result. Well, unfortunately, knowing that Reyes' work visa has expired, much like the NXT Cruiserweight Championship being vacated because of you know COVID travel restrictions, our, our, our boy... Kate's boy, or Kate's bo- or Kate's boyfriend. I, I don't know. Kate's daddy. I, I don't. Kate, I don't know how they roll. Um, Kate's daddy. Okay, uh, one of her, one of many that they are daddy. They, they have. Um, <laughs> hi, Kate. Um, oh so, I got, I got something. Okay. To, I got something I want to talk about after this. But please continue. Okay, so I feel that this is a good result. I mean, I was listening to. Again, I was listening to Zach absolutely ransack and rant the hell out of this match. A lot of people seem to think that this is insulting to the to the women's division of NXT, and I couldn't oh, disagree geez. more with with that sentiment because let, 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 let's be real: the NXT women's division is okay. It's not good yet. You have established. Well, he has established good wrestlers. Some that need either character work or in-ring work. And a name like Charlotte, I mean, like her or not, she's a dynasty. She's a flair. She's learned from the best. So who else better to help elevate this division? Who better than Charlotte? (laughs) Oh, don't you dare disparage the good name of Chris Canyon. Oh, rest in peace, Canyon. Oh, gone way too soon. I, I, I loved Canyon. So, and I get to talk about Ready to Rumble on the 20 Bell Salute. There's a sneak preview. So, I, I feel this is the right result. And this is going to build up yes. whoever unseats her for the title. This also builds up the entire division because, spoiler alert, well, not really because this is going to air on Saturday, Io Shirai, I, ju- I didn't see it yet because I... I literally got off work and talked to you. <laughs> uh, is the number one contender, which I think will be a good match. Eo's not going to win. No, I mean, no. if, if I can predict anyone that's going to take the belt off of her, it'll be Tegan Knox, and then Dakota Kai takes it off of her, and then they trade back and forth like Owens and Zayn. Uh, did I? Yeah, th- 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 this was good. A, a great match. The, I'm not a Dragon Ball Z guy, but I still appreciated the the Vegeta reference. Charlotte, uh, you know, morphing from Zack Ryder into Charlotte, like in that commercial, perfection. Uh, and, and I know the reason I love it so much is because other people hated it. I loved it because like our, our 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 Kings of the Rings crew chat was just get out the lighters. <laughs> I do remember that. It was great. So I will say this. The one thing that we actually talked about this past weekend um, was the was the fact that there was kind of an interesting dynamic when it comes to Kate Murphy's daddies because we got on the topic of Johnny Depp. And I think I remember actually say, 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 actually asking her, is like, so does that mean that Johnny Depp is one of your daddies? And I think she said something along the lines of, uh, like, he's a different category or something like that. Like, daddies are mainly for like wrestling, and Johnny Depp is just a different character, something like that. Uh, so, learn something new every day. Uh, oh, God, we're going into this match. 
we have Lashley versus Aleister Black. I could not care less about this matchup. Uh, all you need to know is that somehow Lana went from being a blonde to a brunette for some reason. Reasons? Uh, we see Lashley and Black, they're batting against each other. I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a spoiler. This matchup sucked compared to Aleister Black versus Apollo Crews, which was amazing. Um, we see Aleister Black get just completely taken down. Lashley's going for the... Oh gosh, I forgot what it was. I think it was I think he was gonna set up for like the Oh yeah, yeah, that the Yokozuna Connor that we've all come to know. But Lana's like, no, hit him with the spear. And then Lashley's like, okay, honey, goes for the spear, and then Alistair Black hits a black mask, knocking Lashley's head off. One, two, three, Lashley is done. Alistair Black is still quote unquote undefeated per se. Well, I still consider him undefeated. Even though you, somebody did remind me that he lost to AJ Styles at Elimination Chamber, it was no DQ. Has anybody beaten him clean since? Honestly, I don't even think anybody's beaten him clean since he's come to all of WWE. I'm including NXT because if you remember, he was the NXT champion, but he lost because of Johnny Gargano. So it's kind of one of those things. Where it's like, has he lost clean since coming here? I don't think so. I mean, they mentioned when he came to the main roster, he only lost like two times. So it's like, huh, he's really being protected. And after that match with Apollo Crews, I see why. Uh, this will get the honorary, brother, 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 sucks uh, deal for me. I just could not care anything for this matchup. I love Aleister Black. I love Lashley when he was a badass back in his first run in WWE. But now it's just like, dude, drop the blondie and go back to just being a dominant force and killing people. Just, th this was stupid. Brother sucks. Uh, yeah, not not a fan. Lashley needs to go back to being like his friggin' TNA gimmick or, or something. Drop Lana on her head off, <laughs> uh, off, of, uh, off the CN Tower from space. Wow. In Brutal. the Andromeda Galaxy. Uh, my, my goodness, uh, I love Alistair This match had absolutely no place on the WrestleMania card at all No build, no nothing Lana, go away forever And that descriptive death scene that I just said Lana leaves, but we keep Rusev Yes, he's, it should have been okay, Rusev versus Alistair I would have been okay with yes. You know what, unpopular opinion I would have been okay with, like, a Lashley-Rusev street fight. How was that? That would have been fine. I'd have been okay yeah. with that. Uh, speaking of matchup, that should have been a street fight. We're going into the next matchup, which is Mr. Ziggles taking on my boy Otis. Uh, so we get the nice little hype package deal with, you know, them basically getting to the point that they are. Uh, ultimately, getting to that uh, hacker deal, doing their big reveal that... Sonya Deville was the one who sabotaged, sabotaged everything between Otis and Mandy. And in all honesty, just the whole deal where so where Sonya sees what's going on, she has her hand on her face. It's like, yep, yep, she's guilty. She's guilty. She's guilty. She's a guilty bitch. I still want you to be women's champion, but you're a guilty bitch for doing this to my Otis. So <laughs> we see uh, Sonya Deville come out with Dolph Ziggler. Uh, that kind of tells the tale of how the matchup's going to go down. Uh, Ziggler 
and Otis, they fight against each other. Kind of a, like a weird back and forth kind of deal. Otis is just about to get the advantage. Sonya gets involved. Ziggler is just like, hello, Otis Balls. Meet my boot. Hits him and kicks him in the back. Then we hear, Mandy. Mandy comes out, just just slaps the hell out of Sonya, beats her down. Uh, the referee is attending to Sonya, and we hear Dolph Ziggler going, You ruined everything! You ruined everything! Oh! He gets hitting the plums, and we see Otis hitting the caterpillar for the victory, and we see the beautiful moment in which we see Otis and Mandy, they're united, we see the classic Otis lifting up Mandy deal, and just, you know, Mandy kissing Otis, they're celebrating, it's just one of those things where it's like, oh, happy ending, and I love every single thing that so many people have done with this, like there's one where there's like a, I think this was like for like a Brazilian like soccer game or something like that, uh, but they timed it so well to when, to when they're watching the matchup on the screen is the Otis and Mandy deal, and as soon as they kiss, the whole place is just going crazy. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, great matchup, and it had a happy ending, especially for me. I gave it two gorilla thumbs up. That's just me. I love my boy Otis. He's from Wisconsin. He's our boy. It was just, honestly, a very entertaining matchup, to say the least. This was one of those matches where it was like, I didn't know what to expect, and then I got it. It was like, this went better than I thought it would. Uh, can we get more of Mandy just crushing Dolph Ziggler's nuts, because that is something I kind of am enjoying at this point. Um, and then just getting o- Otis and Mandy, happy ending. It was great. I- I'm-, I'm a happy boy. I'm coming! Oh, that was cur- It reminded me of, uh, of something great here. Like, I got Randy and uh, Macho Man reunited here, and the one gift that was going all over is from WrestleMania 7, which, watch it, by the way, um, it had all the women in the crowd like crying and clapping oh, when they kissed. Right. That's the thing I. That's the the gif I put out. And again, like I just burst out of. This is my comfy chair. Uh, I'm breaking kayfabe here uh, for people because this is not a recording. <laughs> uh, this is the comfy chair I watch everything in, and I just flew out when when Otis won, and when he got to kiss Mandy, you fucked. Fucking prick. Uh, and then, like, I, I, I would have imagined if Iron Cheek was tweeting, it would have been like, you know, oh, this gets the sex tonight. Go, go get this bumper. Uh, that was just great comeuppance and great storytelling. I, I love Otis. I mean, for a. And, and this match was just like the, you know, he- heavier folks, like. Like you, like you and I, this was just a vic- just a victory for us. Like Otis is all of us. Otis is me. I, I'm an awkward single guy. I haven't been on a date in over a decade. And and, and before, yeah, no, no, seriously. No, no, and, no. no and I'll, I'll I've had hor- I, I know, and I've had horrible luck with women. And this is just like, oh, that's Otis is that glimmer of hope that I could just. Land. I, I'm not, not a bombshell. I'm just like you know anybody at this point. <laughs> Lo- loved it. Loved it. The caterpillar, the the sacking, and yeah, that that in the arena would have just blew the place off. So one of the reasons why I was kind of chuckling was I think you did like a deal in the uh, Patreon chat where you just <laughs> where you said 
where you said, um, what am I going to do first? The minute, you know, the quarantine is done, you have that picture of the guy that's going like, two chicks at the same time. <laughs> oh, wait, no, here's the deal. Have you seen Office Space? I've not. Okay, uh, great movie from the 90s. It's got um, Jennifer Aniston. Uh, who else is bloody in that movie? Uh, oh, I can't think of his name, but he plays Bill Dotry on King of the Hill. Okay. And he's like the, the guy with glasses in the big goggles and dodgeball. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's in that movie. And it's just a workplace comedy about this software place these people work at and they're trying to bring it down uh, highly recommend if you, if you see it on Netflix watch it very 90s so so it's a scene from that basically it's a scene from that but it's got I think that's not Ryan Stiles but it's the other friend from Drew Carey's show okay yeah so yeah I, I know who he is yeah I think I remember. yeah and they're they're talking about this deal where he's gonna try and not steal but hack the mainframe so all this money comes out but it, yeah it's stealing it's from the company he hates like it's, that's where the case of the Mondays comes from anyways he's like you know what would you do with a, with a million bucks I'll tell you exactly what I'd do man two chicks at the same time <laughs> two chicks at the same time it's like is that it yeah it would take a million bucks for two chicks at the same time to do a guy like me <laughs> oh man so after going through that how could we possibly be able to you know top that a Canadian and a guy from St. Louis are like hold my beer we got the last man standing matchup between Randy Orton and Edge and right off the bat we see Edge he's ready to go Orton's theme music is hitting but oh what is that we see the cameraman putting his camera down. He takes his hat off. He gets into the ring. RKO to Edge. It's Randy Orton. That was a smart way to start the matchup, just first of all. Uh, we see Randy Orton getting a lot of advantage in this matchup. He's beaten down Edge. He hits him with another RKO for a close 10 count, but not quite. Uh, he's beaten him all over the arena. And then they get into like a couple areas. There's like a weight area that they were battling in. Uh, we see a very unique style from Edge in which I'm looking at this thinking, did he just take, like, parkour from freaking John Morrison? Because first thing he does, he goes up to that, uh, that that weight machine where he's just able to pick him up, and it looks like he does the seated senton that Rey Mysterio does to Randy Orton as he's in an office chair. Uh, another spot is that they're in a conference room, Orton's on the table, Edge just decides, you know what, I'm just going to climb up this convenient cage that's on the roof. He just goes up, hits an elbow drop on Randy Orton. Jeez Louise. Um, they're fighting into the hallways. I see a couple of spots where uh, there are posters where they're showing, they're showing like, you know, NXT TakeOver Portland and WrestleMania 32. All these, like, random posters from past. And I just remember two tweets I said where it's, I miss the Iconics. I miss Revival. So it was not a knock to Orton or Edge. It was just one of those things where I was stating the obvious, like, I miss these two teams. Um, so they're just beating each other up. They're beating, they're going crazy, going crazy on each other. Uh, Randy Orton hits a DET on top of a freaking truck. Are you kidding me? Uh, they're climbing up top to uh, top of a semi-truck trailer. 
And I will say this, one of the funniest things is hearing Randy Orton kind of doing like a do, doing like a laugh when he's in pain compared to just him in pain. It's it's so equally alike in tone as well as sound. Orton just <laughs> just don't stop being you, dude. Uh, Orton's able to hit an RKO on the top of the freaking trailer. Or Edge is still able to get up, and he hits a spear on Randy Orton because it looks like he wants to go for a concerto. No, not no, not I stand corrected. Uh, Edge did the spear first, and then Randy Orton hit the RKO, and it looks like he wanted to do the concerto. But then Edge does that triangle choke that he does to Randy Orton, that one that you know Braun Strowman used to do, but uh, very. Very poorly, I would say. Edge, when he does it, he locks in. It's just one of those things where it's like, oh shit, he's literally looking like he's just trying to pop somebody's head off. Uh, Randy Orton gets taken down, and Edge just decides, you know what? It's justice. He's just tearing up. He's emotional, but he knows that that's the only way to take him down. Bam! Concerto to Orton. Ten count later, and Edge is the last man standing good god almighty there were people complaining about this matchup being long I loved it I loved this matchup I thought it was the perfect length They the only reason why it would seem like it's going long is because they're going in so many different areas there's like we said there's the ringside area there's like an electronics area they're in the gym they're in an office space they're in office halls they're in the garage deal uh they go on top of a, tr- of a truck trailer. In all honesty, it probably wouldn't have been as brutal if they had fans around there than it would have been this. So I think that this matchup definitely benefited. And to be quite frank, this is one of my favorite last man standing matches ever. It is that damn good. I gave it two gorilla thumbs up. Another fantastic matchup they put on here. Edge and Orton. Wow. Just Wow. <laughs> Yeah, that, that was phenomenal. Although I, I will echo the people that say it dragged on, I agree with them. However, I, I still love the match. The the, the, the the time was a bit... I, I, was, I actually felt... I think I just maybe either zoned out or dozed off for maybe two minutes. But I'm like, I'll wake up. Oh, there it is. Okay. Yeah, it, it could have been maybe five, ten minutes shorter. But that's, that's just my thing. I absolutely loved it. The The emotion on Edge's face at the very end was amazing storytelling. Like, he was... That, that man, well, if you saw him in Vikings or any other thing he was in, the Caven, he could, he could put on the emotion right away. And even the... Some of his other matches where I can, can seem to remember him crying in, well, maybe when he won the title. Uh, pardon me. Yeah, just just phenomenal on that. I thought that sleeper hold he did. I'm like, I, I thought for a second that was like Killer Cross's neck crank sleeper hold, but that might be just me. Possible. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. We'll, no, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens when he debuts. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm ready for that. That's cool. Uh, yeah, that I I enjoyed it. The the right result. Uh, and you and you know what if. WrestleMania were to take place in, you know, like a stadium full of people. I think this match would benefit from like the uh, the empty arena stipulation, like halftime heat or like Funkin' Lawler, 
or or whatever there used to be. Th- this match, when, when we get when we get people, when we get fans in the stands again, uh, and by that point, I'm like, I'm gonna I'm gonna be there with you guys. So, <laughs> yeah, th- this is something I would like to see in that kind of stipulation. It, it, it was good. Uh, when I saw Edge climb up the thing, I'm just like, for some reason, my sleep-deprived brain went straight to, instead of Spider-Pig, Spider-Edge. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that was bad. Bad frets. But good match. All right. So next, all right. So next up we have here, uh, Ground Crit defeats Mojo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Who cares? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I totally blanked out on what I said. Uh, something about a title change, and whatever. Uh, so we got Titus O'Neil as the host for the rest of the night. In all honesty, I'm okay with that. Titus O'Neil's amazing. Uh, this is a guy who literally is one of the greatest human beings in all of WWE, and there's so much you can like about the guy. Uh, next up, we have the Raw Tag Team titles. We have the Street Profits taking on Austin Theory and Angel Garza. This was one of those matches I kind of blanked out on because the fact that after two great back-to-back matches, you kind of just, I'm thinking, you know, I need a break to just recuperate my brain and just kind of cool off. So even if I watch this back, I didn't really think too highly of it, mainly because of the fact that I was expecting it to be like an NXT matchup, like Street Profits against these two guys against each other, and I thought that was what was going to happen, but it didn't. Uh, All I remember was that I think it was uh, Montez hit his uh, frog splash on Theory, and they had that deal where it looked like Theory and Garza were going to win. Frog splash! Nope. Other way around. Uh, I gave it a thumb up just because it was enjoyable. That was about it. Yeah, I liked this match. Uh, I'm really digging Austin Theory. Uh, and, you know, this is one of those guys that uh, Kings of the Rings have been you know, marking out over for years because, you know, they go to all the Evolve shows in New York. So, and, and I like their interview with Theory, too. Very good. So, after seeing some of him in some, I've watched some Evolve shows on YouTube and the one on the network, uh, Kit's got a bright future. And to be just thrown just right into a WrestleMania match is being like, hey, Andrade's hurt. Here you go. Go prove yourself, kid, and that he did. Uh, I'm, I'm loving it. I, I love this match. I, I've come around on the Street Profits too, and on Bianca Belair, who we saw in this match, oh, uh, come out, come out afterwards. You know, Zelina Vega co- tries to do like a whole bunch of things to uh, Montez Ford. Oh no, that's Bianca's man right there. Uh uh-uh. uh. So Bianca comes out and. Just smashes her head in, uh, does the KOD, um, and as soon as I saw that, I tweeted uh, those wrestling girls, like, give me this match now. And then the next night on Raw, I went back to them and was like, so we were saying. Because <laughs> you had that, the rematch, then it ended up in Bianca versus Zelina, then it ended up being in a six person tag. That dragged on a bit, but. That was good, uh, and the reason why I'm like, liking Bianca a lot more now is because she's not whipping people with her hair, reminding me of Jada Smith, uh, or whoever sings that stupid I Whip My Hair song, and... I'm a nay, yay, 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 is it? I don't know. Uh, I will no, say this... that's Naomi! I know, we're getting to her. Um, I will say this, that 
you did talk about that. You did miss one crucial fact, is that apparently Bianca doesn't know where Zelina Vega is because maybe in her vision, she's too tiny because she has her back to Zelina Vega and she's saying, hey, I want to fight you in a matchup. It's like, yeah, we know the camera's there, but Zelina's on the other side, honey. You have to turn turn around. There you go, there you go, there you go. That was just my main gripe with that was like, honey, uh, you might want to turn around because that's where she... Okay, okay, we know. Just just turn around. Just turn around. Turn up. There you go. There you go. Great. Good job, honey. Good job. That's my only grab at that. Whatever. I'm, I'm just one dude. Who cares? Um, yeah, speaking of Naomi, she's in a five-way elimination matchup. The champion, Bailey defending against her bestie, Sasha Banks, Tamina, as we mentioned before, Naomi, and Fred's favorite person, Lacey Evans. So, <laughs> we are getting into the nitty-gritty of just absolute amazement. Because I think from this point forward, it's just uphill from here. And I'll tell you this right now. The reason why it's uphill from here is not because of the match itself, but because of what my lovely co-host decided to put on Twitter. So, we'll get into that, we'll get into that in just a bit. Um, so we see this matter take place, you know, everybody's getting their spots in, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Tamina gets eliminated first, because why the hell not? Then we see Naomi get eliminated, and we see uh, Lacey Evans eliminate Sasha Banks. It's down between Lacey Evans and Bailey. And boy, howdy, were you just one of those people that's like, I will just eat this bag of chips if this happens. So, uh, I thought I was looking over. I was just like, okay, this is this could actually happen. This would be interesting to see Lacey Evans do it because if Lacey wins, then you know it's kind of more of a win-win for me. I mean, I was going to probably eventually tie with you guys, but if Lacey Evans would have won, it'd be like, okay, I tie with Fretz, but at the same time, we get to see we get to see Lacey Evans win and Fretz eating a nice spicy bag of chips. Luckily for Mr. Fretz, that was not the case. Sasha Banks got involved, hits Lacey Evans, and then Bailey hits her whatever weird like headlock deal maneuver to her. One, two, three. Bailey retains. She's basically just going crazy, being like, "Yeah, this is my play." And I think she yelled like, "You know, you know, don't talk, like don't you can't touch me, Cole. You can't touch me, JBL." It's one of those things where I made a comment where I said, "I don't want to touch Bailey." She's no, 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 no. It's not Bailey. It's Karen. That's right. It's not Bailey anymore. It's Karen. This is no longer the Bailey show. It's the Karen show. Shout out to Kayla and Rachel for that joke. <laughs> so after this matchup was over, I get a tag from my co-host, and basically just seeing what he's doing. Literally the first few seconds, he has said absolutely nothing. He is silent. It is one of those things where it's like, where he's just. I'm just thinking to myself, is this like, did he like mute himself or something? What the fuck just happened? All he does is just looks up. He grabs a bag of chips. He points at it. He opens the bag of chips. As soon as I hear him open it, it's like, okay, this sells sound. Why is he not saying anything? Takes one bite of one of them. I just see you just doing like the, like a thumbs up. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. You're basically going for another one. And after that one, it's just like, oh crap. <laughs> it's not until that second one hit, you're just like, Oh no! It just—it kind of sunk in a bit. Uh, just a sec. Let me let me sanitize my hands here because I'm gonna get nitty dirty here. <laughs> so, 
So you forgot to mention, Nathaniel, that these were ghost pepper chips. You know, I did forget to mention that, but... These are something that have been sitting in my cupboard since the Royal Rumble when Lacey wrestled Bailey for the SmackDown Women's title, in which I said, if Lacey wins the Women's Championship... I'm going to eat these hot chips I do remember and burn that. a hole in my stomach and, and my sphincter. <laughs> so what did I do? I thought, you know what? These have been sitting up here for three months. They were going to get thrown out. The best before date was March, but seriously, I mean, you, I've eaten chips six months after the best before date. And they're still They're still good. They're still good. So... I, I ate one. Like as soon as I saw, because like they looked like nacho cheese. You know when you open a bag of nacho cheese Doritos and you see that lovely cheesy powder just caked on there. Yes, that's what these look like. <laughs> Ghost fucking pepper. So like, okay. Thankfully, I had Monday off because my gut was just like I sent that gif of uh, that episode of The Simpsons when. Uh, Bart got appendicitis, and then it's because he found like a metal crustio in his box of crustio cereal. Pardon me. And it, Krusty's like, to prove that this cereal is harmless, I will personally eat one. Oh, okay. Ah, oh boy, this thing is shredding my insides. Krusty, that was not a metal O, that was a regular crustio. Poison. So that's what I felt like. Um, I was sweating. I took a picture of myself and it looked like I was crying. Although, ironically, you were the one who ended up crying later. <laughs> this, this is fair. But not uh, for I that know, that's, that's fair, but... Uh, yeah, the ghost pepper chips, they were potent. They were with me for a little bit. And it was funny. that That's the same company that makes those, uh, you know, the one chip challenge? Oh, yeah, yeah. Same company. Damn. Uh, and it says, one in ten bags wins a free one-chip challenge. <laughs> Fortunately for me, the contest had expired, so I couldn't enter. Uh, and if that was the case, I would have done that for you guys, too. Uh, because I love you all so much, and I needed to drink <laughs> an entire no. bottle of Pepto the next day. And you Thankfully, never... <laughs> there... There was no burn poops. It didn't hurt coming out. That's good. I was going to say, you respect everybody who loves you, but you have no respect for your body. That's why you do these chip challenges. <laughs> well, that's why I... That's why I'm... Dude, that's why I'm fat. I mean, come on. <laughs> it's fluffy. Um, all right. So... Uh, oh, I, I, I forgot to grade this. Uh, I thought it was a good matchup. Nothing really too special. I still gave it a thumbs up. Uh, mainly because... The ultimate result being that Fretz just decided to eat ghost pepper chips. So I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it uh, six ghost pepper chips out of the whole bag. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. And, and and for the record, I want to touch Bailey. <laughs> hey, it's Karen. Get it right. <laughs> no. Hey. Okay. For one thing, I have two friends named Karen yes. who I've known since they were babies. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are both married, and do they have kids? No. Uh, so, every time, and I don't want to say I want to touch Karen, because that makes me think about them, and I don't like to think 
about them in that light because I was best friends with their sisters and I've known them since they were babies. So it's Bailey I want to touch. And, okay. and for the record, there's no one named Karen I have any remote interest in. And I fucking hate that. Karen is right up there with what's what's the other, what's the guy version of Karen? Keith. Um, Stan. I hate that. Stupid. Okay, st- okay, Stan. I, I thought it was Keith, but I was wrong. No, okay. Keith is the least attractive name in the male language. Oh, you're Get right. Get it right. You're right, you're right. Okay. <laughs> Sir <enough>. Keith Lee. <laughs> oh, you are talking to Mr. Mr. Lose's twin brother, or twin, or whatever, however hell he put it. Come hey. at me, Ricky. Come on. Bring it. <laughs> he's, literally doing the, he's literally doing the Nakamura. Come on. Remember that? Nakamura was awesome. He was also in the main event at WrestleMania a couple years ago. Fuck my life. Anyway, um, speaking of FML, um, <laughs> there were a lot of people that were saying that about this matchup. It's the Firefly Funhouse matchup in which we have John Cena versus the Fiend Bray Wyatt. Uh, I'm going to tell you guys this right now. I'm giving my rating right now. I gave this two thumbs, two thumbs up. With a two crazy thumbs up with a little hint of acid. Why is that, you might say? Well, there's only one person that can justify this matchup, and that's my co-host. So, Fretz, the floor is yours when it comes to this matchup. Okay. <clears throat> so, cheap plug. I did a watch-along for the Fretzelmania podcast of this match. I just put it on the network, I pressed play, and I just riff-tracked about it. Uh, kind of like, you know, uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000, or kind of like the watch-alongs that either you and I have done, or the watch-alongs that, say, Matthew and Tom Campbell did. Actually, this weekend they did Royal Rumble 2000. Highly recommend it. Nice. Uh, fire it up on the network and have their riff-track on. Or, of course, like the fourth wall guys did. So, it was... Uh, Whole bunch of crazy. Don't don't mind the the funhouse theme, huh? This is gonna be soothing and help me get through this. Actually, never mind. No, it's not. It's the long version. Um, this match was is it was kind of like the reverse way that Blantier fantasy booked it in a way. Because remember, he talked about you know having the mandible claw on John Cena, and then he turns into like. Thugonomics, then he turns into prototype scene, and then he disappears. Well, that was actually the complete opposite of the way this happens. Like, I loved how this match played off of his career, and some someone did this big, long explanation of it on Twitter. Like, I highly recommend checking it out. I forget what it says. But The Fiend is the, the reason why. Like, this is, we're going to go back to Goldberg for a second. The reason why Goldberg beat him is because the Fiend doesn't have a past with him. So he doesn't know Goldberg's weakness. He does now, because now he has a past with Goldberg. With Cena, there, of course, they went back to WrestleMania 30? 30. Yes. And... The, the, one of the best spots in there is what they recreated the thing with the chair. Like, finish me off, John! Which I totally forgot about. And he disappears. Uh, friggin' Cena coming out in his prototype tights. 
that was glory coming out to slam smack like the the, the original uh you know like generic rock number six theme and the best part is Bray knew the slap was coming it's like ruthless aggression oh, that's for you the ruthless aggression pod uh like, oh, I've seen this before. No, 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 no. This was... You can look, okay. but you can't touch. That was... As soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh, I got a, I got a text aunt. Oh, that, that was so good. Oh, the... I, I knew they were going to bring... Once they were like... This guy's like, no, he's bringing up Cena's biggest failures. Oh, you mean like his uh, relationship with Nikki Bella? Burn. Um, and you went. Where else did we go? We went to Thugonomics, and I took a note here. His rap sucked, but there's a reason for it. You see, because we're feeding off Cena's biggest fears in his career. Uh, well, for one thing, he was allegedly going to be released like a few months in, and the rap was his saving grace. So we would have had, like, Cena would have been so short-lived had it not been for this thing. He's rapping on a bus, and, you know, Stephanie's like, I like that, uh, John. Bring that on TV. That sounded more like Eric Bischoff. Teddy Grams! Teddy Grams! (laughs) This podcast brought to you by Christy Cookies and Teddy Grams. Yeah, literally, as soon as I heard that, I went right to my my place of work and bought Teddy Grams and ate them. Uh, (laughs) Oh, Levi, shout out. Big, big, big shout out. That that was good. (laughs) And, And everything else, it just went... It kept going and going in different crazy ways that if you want me to, if you want to hear what my whole thoughts on the on the whole match are, listen to that. But it's to, 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 to frontal mania. It kept going, and then final, finally, the, the best part of it. What did they, do? You remember what they called the Vince McMahon puppet? Uh, I don't know. Let's let's just call it for a namesake. Just a, the boss. The boss puppet. The boss puppet. And then there was like, Cena's coming up. Okay, I'm wearing an NWO shirt. And this is the reason I wore it. Like, Cena, Cena is in NWO. And Bray White is in Wolfpack colors. He's Eric Bischoff. Like, you know, that's just such good shit. With Macho... Uh, what's the... Mercy Buzzard? Uh, macho Mercy. Like, macho, Mercy, Mer- okay, macho Man... And Vince. Is this a Raw from 1994? Barely. <laughs> uh, and then we keep going. And finally, we see the feed because Cena has been unwittingly punching the crap out of Huskus Pig. Oh, he ain't gonna like this. And that was it for him. That was curtains. And the one thing I loved after the Mandible Claw, after the in parentheses, three count, not the boy band, um, we saw Cena just disappeared. And a lot of people fantasy book and write things in, saying like, oh, that could be 
in retirement. That could have just been him retiring. Him just, his disappearance, his poof, is just him. He's gone. And if this is the way he's gone, then, okay. And now that The Fiend has finally, you know, gotten rid of the reason he exists, now I look at Bray. And The the Fiend's going to keep going. Because he's still going to be feeding off of people's weaknesses. Uh, Braun Strowman, you're next. I am... Oh, and if Brody was still there. Imagine the Fiend and Brody Lee. I I love... This was my match of the weekend. This was just great storytelling and just cinematic genius. Oh, man. It was... Something that will never be replicated again. I would almost dare say that even uh, any of the Matt Hardy stuff, the, the final deletion, you know, tag team apocalypto, delete or decay, whatever it was, whatever it could have been, um, it's in that same realm. It really is, and hopefully we get more of these kind of matches. And I think Titus O'Neil said it best: as soon as the match is over, they cut to him, and he's just like. I don't know what to say. And it just fades to black. It's like, that's like the best way you could have it. I mean, you you can't say anything after that. <laughs> it's just Titus O'Neil was there. He was the right guy saying the right thing at the exact right time. Because I'm sure everybody else is just like, what did we just watch? <laughs> he was speaking on behalf of everybody. All right. Get into the main event of day two. The main event of WrestleMania. It's the WWE Championship matchup. Drew McIntyre challenging the champion, Bork Laser, Brock Lesnar. And I will say this that the fact that, you know, Mike Rome was the one who did the announcement for it, it was great. We didn't get the classic Paul Heyman deal where he was talking about the reigning, defending, undisputed, blah, blah, blah. Mike Rome took over for that. And he did he did great. I was very surprised by that. So, shout out to Mike. Great job, bud. Definitely got a huge WrestleMania moment for that. Uh, We see Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar. They're just clamoring at each other. Drew hits uh, Claymore for a close, no cigar deal. Then Brock Lesnar, he hits a first F5. One kick out. And Brock's just like, did that seriously just happen? Did that seriously just, just happen? So, he picks him up again. Hits him with another F5. One, two. He's able to kick out. And Brock is again like, okay, then I know the secret. Hits a third F5. One, two. Just before three, Drew McIntyre kicks out. Now Brock's just thinking, oh crap. Um, That was not supposed to happen. (laughs) So goes in to hit another F5 on Drew. Drew counters. And boom, one Claymore. Drew gets up again, second Claymore. He goes into the corner, and he's just yelling, Come on, Brock, get up, get up. Third Claymore to Brock Lesnar. One, two, three. Drew McIntyre pins Brock Lesnar, becomes the first British superstar to win the WWE Championship on the grandest stage of WrestleMania. And for those of you that wanted to know what my reaction was, definitely check out my Twitter. I 
said to people, I was saving the tears for WrestleMania. I damn sure did. And in all honesty, it was one of those situations where I could not be more happy. There has probably not been a WrestleMania main event that has hit me so hard than this one right here. And I've gone through, and this is going all the way back to 21. Just seeing how Drew McIntyre worked his ass off to get to the point to where he is today, it's a tremendous moment. And everything that took place, you see like the backstage deals of them putting the plates on the on the title belt, just hearing people just saying, you know, congratulations for everything like that. It was wonderful. It was wonderful. I gave it two teary-eyed thumbs up because it was the matchup that I was hoping was going to happen. Some people were complaining about the length of it. I don't care. Drew won. That was all that mattered to me. And he also made history. Although technically, I guess you could say that that wasn't the main event because on Raw they just decided, uh, you know what, we got somebody else who might be challenging for that. And I'm going to take a page out of the Ruthless Aggression pod. <laughs> and I'm Big gonna Show! <laughs> yes, Big Show decides to come out and challenge Drew for the top. But we're going to do a little backstage deal to where Vince McMahon is proposing to the Big Show about taking on Drew McIntyre. Well, you see, Vince McMahon, I just need, I need to get myself some spaghetti. And the fact that I've not had any spaghetti here at WrestleMania, I'm not even going to book for it. I need my spaghetti to do stuff. Oh, damn it, damn it Big Show! No, we are a we are a greedy only catering company. We don't do spaghetti here. We do linguine, lasagna, penne regatta, rotini. Fuck your spaghetti, Big Show. Get out there and beat Drew for the Universal title. I'll do it if you promise me some spaghetti. I said we have linguine. It's the same thing. It's a thin noodle. Just get out there and punch Drew McIntyre right in this Scottish face. Okay, I'll do it for the spaghetti. Jesus Christ. Fine, Big Show. I'll go, I'll, I'll go to the Valley of Arts and get some no-name brand spaghetti. Yay! Oh. My WrestleMania weekend. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh, we're tagging them. Oh we're tagging God. them in this. I love, I love it. I, I, I think I understand why they do it so much. I also understand why they got blocked by the Big Show. <laughs> Um, and how long is We are going to get blocked by that. I met Big Show. He's so sweet. He's a big. Hey, that's why I did the Big Show impression. You did the Vince McMahon one. So, to be fair, you're still in the safe roads right now. I got blocked by JBL, but I consider that a compliment because fuck JBL. Yeah, I, I think I'm still blocked by Kevin Owens at this point. But anyway, getting back to what we were talking about, Big Show comes out, challenges Drew McIntyre 20 minutes after he won the title. Uh, they hyped that up quite a bit. We see Big Show taking it to him. Drew's fighting back. Big Show hits a choke slam. One, two. No, Drew kicks out. Uh, looks like he's going to go for the WMD. But nope. Counters it. Drew hits the Claymore. One, two, three. And Drew McIntyre retains his cha- his championship. Oh my gosh, sorry about that. Um, some people have made the, <laughs> the, the statement that this was probably the WrestleMania main event. Uh, for me, it's like, you know what, I don't care, because 
Drew McIntyre still made evented. He's still holding on to that WWE Championship. I don't care if it was or it wasn't. Uh, I would definitely not give this a brother sucks. I give it like a thumb up. I thought this matchup was actually pretty good. Uh, Big Show, my God, he's slimming down. He's looking great. Uh, the only worry that people are going to be having is that, oh, no, he's going to win the title for his TV show, which is on Netflix, by the way, and I need to watch that, actually. Um, yeah, me too. T- so, so, yeah, that's the whole entire recap of WrestleMania. Final deal for this one. I am actually going to be giving this WrestleMania an A-. minus. This was a star-studded show. It was absolutely great. Uh, some of the negatives taken away from this were probably the Elias Corbin matchup, the finish to the Raw Women's title matchup, and the fact that it didn't go on longer, uh, the Aleister Black Lashley deal, but everything else was great. Everything else was fun. It was just well you know, produced. Uh, we talked highly about some of the title matches. You know, The Women's Tag Team title match was great. The Intercontinental title match was great. The you know Raw Tag Team title matchup, it was good. Uh, but you know what? The, the fact that you know so many of these matches were just absolutely great, that says a lot about this WrestleMania. And the fact that it draw that kind of emotion from you, especially watching two creative matches in the Firefly Funhouse match and the Boneyard match, it's one of those events that's probably never going to be replicated again. And the fact to have that kind of emotion again just be pouring out of you, that Drew McIntyre won the WWE Championship, especially for somebody like me, that was great. That was just a tremendous deal. This is definitely one of the better WrestleManias and one of the fonder WrestleManias that I will remember in quite a long time. And just a reminder, that was an imposter Jack Sparrow, not the real Jack Sparrow. Not pointing anybody out, Ricky. <laughs> but just saying, I blame Mark Carano. Let's be fair. I sanitize my hands of this. It's sanitizing it. This is the ultimate in social distancing. He's in a different country while I'm here. Jesus. Anyways, I give this match four out of five. Spagingos! <laughs> uh, yeah, th- this WrestleMania definitely is. Uh, I will. Yeah. I will go between A minus and A average for, for this one. Uh,. I'll just say for me, it was a much-needed distraction. I've I've just been tired and admittedly very cranky. Uh, uh, the, although last night, I got the best night's sleep I've had since this whole Steve Carino virus thing began. So, huh, all, all props to my brain, I guess. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 this frets his brain. <laughs> oh, you don't want to know what's in my brain. <laughs> well, you've podcasted with me for a year now, so you know. Um, it's been a year almost. It has wow. been. It's crazy. That's that, that's awesome. So yeah, this was for me. It was a great show. Couple of duds, you know. Uh, a whole bunch of great, a whole bunch of great emotion, and I'll just say that your reaction, uh, you know, tugged at the old heartstrings, and that was me. I'll say that was me at the end of WrestleMania 20. So if you remember the end of that show, that's that's what I was doing at that. But I, I was so I was so happy for you because I know you're a big Drew fan. I I love Drew, and I was finally finally getting his recognition about damn time. Uh, 
the, the cinematic matches for me capped it off the best. Like Firefly Funhouse, I will never forget that. I, I might watch it again tonight. It's so good. I just, and, I just, I just need to watch that damn. You can look, but you can't touch. Oh, it, just, just go on Twitter. I'll bet some people have just uh, gifted already. It's, it's beautiful. So, so. And although we, we, we said we weren't doing it, but Bray Wyatt's my game changer. <laughs> you know what? That, that, that's fair. That is totally fair. But I think like, Bray Wyatt's just going to need like a complete podcast of his own. Let's face it. Yes. Uh, it'll be coming in the future, guys. So that's going to wrap it up for this edition. We've almost gone about two hours, but we're talking about WrestleMania. It deserved this two hours. I mean, it was just a fantastic show. It was very well produced. Everything just was, it was great. I'm happy that we got a chance to have a distraction from all the things that have been going on in the world. But at the same time, I'm also glad that we got an amazing WrestleMania. Congratulations to all the new champions, to everybody that put in their heart, mind, and soul into this WrestleMania. Thank you. And yes, that even goes for Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Thank you for making this deal something that we can be proud of, something that we can definitely enjoy and look back on fondly and think, you know what? We had one of the best WrestleManias in recent memories. So, with that, this has been the Game Changer Podcast at the Legendary JF at Real FN Game at Attic underscore Wrestle. Just check out everybody that's been joining us, guys. The Kings of the Rings Podcast, the Young Lions Perspective they are just absolutely great. Definitely check out everything that they do. Uh, some of our friends who host podcasts of their own, I'm trying not to slur my English because I sound drunk for some reason. <laughs> but um, those wrestling gals, definitely check them out. I know that they had uh, some very special guests on their recent podcast. Definitely check that out because I don't want to spoil who it is. It's quite the show. Um also, for those that are not that are very classy and know that they talk very clean, definitely be prepared for the the other side of the table. Um, definitely check out Ruthless Aggression, uh, the rant when we, you get a chance. Just enjoy all the previous stuff that they have. Listen to Kyle, Kyle, they're the Kyles, Kyle, Ant, and Brad. They're a lot of fun. Um, I think of the day that else. I mean, Fretz has always mentioned a lot of you know great podcasts. You know, whether it's Cultaholic, What Culture, uh, Wrestle Talk, Parts Fun Known. I know that Adam Blompier did both days for WrestleMania because he is a masochist. He apparently loves pain and just torturing himself. Uh, I know that they also did like a Quizzlemania deal. And honestly, guys, I saw the first one that they did. It was absolutely entertaining. So the second one, I'm expecting to be just as entertaining. Just, it's just absolutely great. Just seeing, just seeing Adam being a host and everybody on there just being absolutely fantastic. It's just great. Um, we're to, we are just two weeks left for the celebration comes to a head, comes to an end. Thank you guys so much for the support that you give me for the last five years. Thank you, Mister Fretz for joining me on this incredible journey. Guys, I got to tell you right now that once we reach the end of the month, it's going to be probably one of the more emotional episodes because now it's just like, okay, May to 5, 
Next big goal is 10 years. So thank you guys so much, and we will talk to you guys in the next episode. I, for, for the love of God, I feel like I still am on acid after WrestleMania. Spoiler alert, Christ arose. Can't end it any better than that. Estos 18 años de matrimonio me han parecido como 10 minutos bajo el agua. Esta relación está en crisis y la solución será un insólito acuerdo. Vamos a darnos 100 días. 100 días de libertad. 100 días para vivir otras experiencias. 100 días para hacer lo que queramos. Para sentir algo diferente. Para disfrutar la vida. 100 días para enamorarnos. Estreno en abril por Telemundo.